making us feel like family. Amen. Even last night, uh, um, Dan and I, one of the staff, we pulled in and I, I told the, the house there, I said, thank you. So we felt right at home. We felt right at home. And it's a reflection of your pastors and your leadership. And we thank you for that. And uh, this morning, I just want to thank God for my salvation. How many are grateful they're going to heaven? Come on, somebody. How many are grateful we're going to heaven? I'm thankful for my salvation. At the age of 13, God became real to me, and I had my own experience with God there at an altar call, and it's been a journey. I'm grateful for this ministry. This ministry is all I know. I, I was born and raised in Victory Outreach, um, but it's because somebody took the time to step out of themselves and reach my father there when he was strung out on drugs and there in gang violence, and he touched his life, and he went to the recovery home, and, and because of that, I've never experienced any of that. And, uh, you know, Victory Outreach is what I know, and I can't imagine my life outside of Victory Outreach, and I'm grateful for our founders. They're on fire today now more than they've ever been. And we were just there in, in uh, Guadalajara, and we got to see firsthand how God is moving, not just here in the States, but all over the world. There's revival happening in the world, and it's so awesome to see that. And I'm grateful for your pastors here, uh, Pastor Stevan and Sister Chella. How many love your pastors, amen? I'm forever grateful for Pastor Stevan and Sister Chella. It was right there in the West Coast UTC. I would barely talk to people, and they pulled me out of myself, and they challenged me, and they grew me, and, and I thank God for them. They always have a special place in my heart. We're grateful for you, Pastor Sister Chella. We're so grateful for you. And uh, why don't you grab a hold of your Bible, 2 Kings. Second Kings, and um, we'll go to chapter 13. I want to speak a message that I believe is in season for the heart of the bay here. When you see what God is doing here in the city and here in the church. Second Kings 13. verse 20. Give me a big amen when you have it. Praise the Lord. Two verses. Let's read this morning. Elisha died and was buried. Now Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Verse 21. Once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. When the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word today. I ask that you speak clear to our hearts today. Let not one person leave this place the same. Meet us exactly where we're at. Push me to the side and use me as your mouthpiece. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him there's revival in the harvest. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Come on, say revival in the harvest. One more time, a little stronger. Say revival in the harvest. How many know that for Victory Outreach International, we are in a season of reaping the harvest? How many believe that? I believe that in the heart of the bay, we're in a season of reaping the harvest. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we going out to the streets and doing marches? Why are we going out and attacking the city with the love of Jesus and going out and hitting the streets? And why are we occupying our men's homes and filling up the recovery homes? Why are we doing what we're doing? Well, 
because we see the timing we're in. And we see that the harvest is ready. And what I love about the heart of the bay is, is they, they, we see the season we're in. And we say, I want in on that season. Because we know that the best is still ahead. I look around and we see a house that many people, but how many know there's many more to be reached? And one thing that I love is that the heart of the bay, the church, Pastor Stevon, they see the timing we're in. And they say, you know what? I know it's our time to reap the harvest. And we see that that's the season that we're in. And right here in 2 Kings, we see the text that the prophet Elisha has died and was buried. And the story there are just two scriptures, but it says there in the following statement that there was a group of Moabite raiders. This group of raiders that, that, that were, by definition, this is what a group of raiders were. They were a fast, lightly armed group of robbers who were known to attack their enemy in the enemy's own territory. So what made this group so peculiar and what made this group so specific is that they didn't wait for you to come to them. They went to you to get what they wanted. You see this group of raiders here, by definition, they were fast, lightly armed. They were a group of robbers. They wouldn't come, wait to you to come to their land. In fact, they were known for going into the land of the people that they desired to get their possessions. But you see, this type of raiders that we're speaking about here, they wouldn't rob you of silver or gold. But this group of mobile raiders were known for entering in to spring, every spring to rob farmers of their spring harvest. You see, this group of raiders, they only came around a certain season. They only came around in a specific period of time. They only came around when it was time to get what they wanted to get. And they were known to come around every spring. Why? Because every spring there was something called a spring harvest. And every time the spring harvest would come, here come this group of raiders to get the crop of the land that they desired. But they only came around during harvest time. Look at your neighbor and say, during harvest time. Why did they come around during harvest time? While well, we see in Matthew 9, 35, the value of a harvest, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. But when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. The fact that this group of raiders even existed and were feared by local farmers in the land shows one thing to you and I. And that's this point that I want to bring out today to the heart of the bay. One thing that we have to realize about a harvest is that a harvest is valued. Now, I came to tell you this morning, the harvest in our lives have value to them. They have so much value that in Matthew 9, Jesus was moved with compassion at seeing the crowds. Why? Because he's seen the harvests. And what did he say? He said, pray to the Lord 
that he would send out laborers, what? To get the harvest that he was seeing. Jesus was moved because he seen the value in the harvest. And I came to tell you today, church, we have to realize the value of the season that we're in this morning. We have to realize the value in the season of the harvest. Jesus told his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Why? Because he's seen the value of the harvest. Now, you know what's powerful about a harvest is the harvest is a season. The church is in a season of reaping a harvest. Now, one thing that I love about seasons is that everybody that's in the season is affected by the season. Everybody that's in the season has a piece of the season. Everybody that's in the season has access to the benefits of the season. What am I saying this morning? If it's harvest time for the heart of the bay, that means it's harvest time for your life. Sometimes we as a church can separate ourselves from the church and our personal life. But I came to tell you this morning, if it's harvest time for the heart of the bay, that means it's harvest time for you. And that's good news for some of us because some of us have been believing God for big things. Believing God for prayer requests to be answered. Believing God for increase. Believing God for miracles. And we've been saying, God, I know my time is coming. I know my season's coming. I know my moment's coming. I've been standing firm. I've been believing in you. I've been coming to church season after season. Why? Because I know one day my season's coming. Heart of the bear, I'm here to tell you, now is your season. The season that you've been waiting for, I came to tell you, you're standing in it. Look at our ministry. Doors are opening. Things are happening. What's happening? Doors are flying open. Seasons are, where we're in a season of not if we can do it. It's just who's going to do it. We're in a season where we're not waiting for the means to do it. We can do it today. All we need is those to realize the season that we're sitting in. Do you realize the moment that you're sitting in this morning? Do you realize the value of your season? Do you know that the harvest that you have in front of you has value to it? You see, Jesus put an urgency for the harvest because he knew the value of it. He knew the value within the harvest. He knew that the harvest meant gaining something. You see, Jesus put an urgency for workers because Jesus knew that in this season of harvest, there was workers that needed to reap it because he realized that if the disciples wouldn't get them, they would fall away and ultimately the enemy would get them. Why? Because a harvest is valued. And I came to tell you this morning the reality of a season of harvest. If we don't get the harvest for our life, if we don't receive the harvest for our ministry, if we don't receive the harvest for our family, if we don't receive the harvest for our church, if we don't receive the harvest for what God intended for our lives, listen, the harvest won't go unpicked because a harvest is too valuable. A harvest is too valued to go unreaped. In other words, if you don't want to reap it, somebody else will. And can I tell you who's here to reap the harvest? 
who's waiting to reap the harvest, who God's holding back from taking your harvest, it's the enemy. And I'm here to tell you this morning that the enemy sees what you're standing in the middle of. And today, some of us may be having a distorted view, and we're sitting back and we're saying, man, God, when's the new thing going to happen? God, when am I going to see it? When's my moment? When's my promotion? When am I going to get revealed? When are they going to see me and what I have to bring to the table? I'm here to tell you this morning, we have to see the moment that we're standing in and see the value of the harvest that's in us because each and every one of us have a harvest you have a harvest you know how i know you have a harvest because some of you have been sowing seed you've been praying the prayers you've been getting a hold of god you've been believing for your family You've been believing for your loved ones. You've been believing for your marriage. You've been believing for your miracle. You've been standing at the word of the Lord and saying, God, I believe in every promise that you've given me. And I'm staying put. Some of you, if your chair, if your chair right there could preach a sermon, it would preach a sermon of how many seasons you sat and you weathered in the church because you said, I know that my season is coming. I know that my moment is coming. And I came to tell you, don't get discouraged because what you've been waiting for is right in front of you. We're in the timing of God. We're in the timing of God in our ministry. We're in the timing of God in the church. And if we're in the timing of God in our ministry, that means you and I are in the timing of God. But don't be deceived. A harvest won't go unpicked. This group of raiders existed because they knew the harvest. They knew the value in a harvest. They were created to go and reap what they didn't sow seed into. They went to go reap what others labored for. They went to go steal what they put no labor into. They went to go reap the benefit of somebody else's work. And I came to tell somebody today, possibly in the past, we let the enemy take what we labored for and what we worked for. But God brought me here to tell you this morning, not in this season. You've been believing God and God will not allow the devil to take what he's been allowing you to receive. So somebody has to realize the moment that they're standing in we're in a season of value you have value to you you know that there's value on your life you're not what you think you are sometimes we can look through our scope and we see our complexes and we see our downfalls and we see our past and we see what we deserve and we see the decisions we made and we see everything through our eyes but I came to tell you this morning God doesn't see through what we see God doesn't see through our lenses you know how God sees us he sees us the way that he intended us to be and the way that he formed us when we were formed in our mother's womb the way that he destined us and created us to be you see God has intended each and every one of us to live a life of purpose a life with fulfillment, a life of receiving all that he called us to receive and stepping into everything that he called us to step into. But the only way that's going to happen is we learn to discern the season, discern the seasons that we're in. It's in this kind of season that miracles happen. God bless all three of you. It's in seasons like this where life starts to shift. It's in seasons like this where the call of God goes forth. 
It's in seasons like this that God reveals destiny to people at altar cost. It's in seasons like this where God saves family members that we've been believing for year after year. It's in seasons like this that God begins to restore marriages that all hope was gone. It's in seasons like this that God separates men and women in the victory homes, gives them a vision, gives them a purpose, gives them a destiny. It's in seasons like this that God brings children back to their parents and they call them dad again and they call them mom again. It's in seasons like this that we can receive everything that we've been waiting for. I hope the devil hasn't stole your expectancy in this season. But you see that this season's not only for the church, but it's for your life. It's for your household. It's for your marriage. It's for your ministry. Why? Because it's the season that we're standing in. But we have to realize the value of the harvest. This group moved fast. They were lightly armed to move quicker. They moved with urgency. They seen a window of opportunity. They knew how to get what they needed to get. They knew how to get what they desired. It's a sad day when the devil moves with urgency quicker than the people of God move. It's a sad day when the lies of the enemy move into our heart and move into our head quicker with an urgency than the word of God transforms our heart and transforms the renewing of our mind. It's a sad day when the enemy is able to move with urgency quicker than the people of God. Why? Because the enemy sees the value in it. Know this. Not only does God see the finished product in us, but the devil does too. Why does the devil hate you so much? He sees what you're becoming. Why is the devil attacking your marriage so much? He sees the destiny of your children. Why is the enemy attacking your ministry? Because he sees the seed that you're going to sow in a foreign land, and he sees the leaders that are yet to come up out of your ministry. Why is the enemy attacking your finances? Because he knows that that's going to be seed planted in ground, and you're going to reap a hundredfold, and you're going to go from under to over, and you're going to go from a borrower to a lender. Why? Because God called you to live an utmost life. Why does the enemy hit you the way he hits you? It's not just because he sees the bad in you. It's because he sees the good in you, and he says, if I can get him to stop where he's at. He'll never receive what God had called him to receive. If I get, could get him to stay seated where he's at. If I could get him to shut his praise up in this season. If I could get them to believe the lie that they're not good enough. That they're not able. That they missed their window. That the best days are behind them. That they gave their best years. Sit back and watch the new ones do it. No. There's much more to be done. And there's much more greater heart. God goes from glory to glory. So when you're in the kingdom of God, you can say as long as I got breath in my lungs, God's not finished with me yet. Till the day Jesus takes me to heaven, there's still more work to be done. And the best days are ahead of you. Why? Because God goes from glory to glory. God don't decrease. You haven't, hit the, you haven't hit the big moment in the kingdom of God yet. You haven't hit the glory days. Our glory days aren't until Jesus takes us home. But it's people that realize the significance and the timing and the season that they're in. This group knew how to get what they wanted. But they were getting it, not from the labor of their hands, but from the labor of those that sowed the seed for it. As I read this, I began to reflect. I wonder how many harvests I submitted to the devil because I was too complex to receive them. 
I wonder how many moments I missed with God because I believed the lie from the enemy that it wasn't my timing, that that was for them, not for me, that that preaching's for the back row and not my row, that that preaching's for that household and not this household, that you don't know what's going on in my family and you don't know the background that I came from and that's good for them and they're doing that and doing this, this but God can never use me. I, I did too much dirt. I'm too messed up in my head. I got what I deserve. God called me and he brought me to the church just to break me free off a of drug addiction and I'm good and I'm great where I'm at. No, no, I came to call the devil a liar and tell some of you today's your moment where you open up your eyes and see the season that you're in. Don't let this season pass you by because some of you have been praying prayers and God's saying this is the season that you receive all that I've been telling you to receive. Why? It's the timing of God. So what does that mean for you and I? We have to see the value in it. And we have to understand what time it is when it's time for harvest. You know what harvest means? I grew up in Bakersfield, California. There's a lot of farmland over there. My grandpa didn't grow up on a farm, but, you know, he had a little ranch. He planted a little garden here and there. And one thing that he told me about harvesting, he said, when it's time for harvest, get ready to work. You know what the misconception is? We can get too churchy sometimes. And we say it's season for harvest, and think because it's harvest, we sit down to receive. Talk to any farmer and ask him what harvest time means. That means I wake up the earliest and I go to sleep the latest. That means I get ready to work hard and receive everything that I've been planning for. That means it's time to go into the field, get a little bit dirty, and get the fruit and get your vegetables that I've been believing for to pick the harvest that I've been waiting for. Why? Because farmers realize one thing. Though they planted the seed, if they're waiting at the dinner table and nobody harvests it, you're not eating nothing for dinner. You can wait all you want to eat the dinner, but if somebody doesn't pick the harvest, you're not eating nothing. Why? Because it takes work to go from planting to getting the harvest and bringing it to the table. But sometimes in church, we could think harvest is just receiving. No, no, no. Harvest is working. And what I love about our ministries, we know how to work. When we say it's our time, you know what that means? It's time to go to work. When we say it's time to crusade, we're not sitting back waiting for him to come in the church. That means it's time to go to the streets and get him. That means it's time to go and start soul winning. That means it's time to go and start connecting. That means it's time to go and start filling up the homes. That means it's time to go and start discipling. That means it's time to keep the families in the house. That means it's time to go and get everything God intended us to get. Why? Because harvest means work. Harvest, you ask anybody. That works in the field of pro they know it's hard work. It's not a popular job. It's not something people do by choice. They often harvest by obligation. But when you understand the, the, the value in it, in the spirit, and you understand why, that's why Jesus said, he didn't make an appeal to the people. He said, pray to the Lord that he will separate workers. Why? Because it's not something that man can appoint. It's not the popular thing to do. It's not easy to harvest a season. It's not even easy to harvest everything that you've been sowing for. We thought that sowing was hard. No, sowing's half the battle, but harvesting's it and a whole other thing entirely. But it's those that are tapped into the presence of God. It's those that are connected to the Lord. It's those that understand and they come back to the reference of God. You called me to receive this. So I have to work to receive all that you call me to receive. 
They understood the work and they had no problem doing it. Why? Because they seen the value in it. Do we see the value in it today? I thank God that somebody saw the value in a drug addict there in the city of Van Nuys. I thank God that somebody saw the value in my dad when he was there in a prison cell. And he said he was so broken and destroyed and he felt like just giving it in. But he had to hold his composure on his face because that's the way he was raised. But somebody bumped into him and said, aren't you tired of doing this? Why don't you go to Victor Outreach there? I heard God can change your life. God has a plan for you, Eddie. And all of a sudden, my dad went there and he experienced a moment with God. Why? Because somebody somewhere seen the value in the hurting. Let us never lose the value for those that are yet to be reach let us never lose the compassion for the souls that are yet to be reached yes we got problems but we know where to go when we got problems yes it's not all good but it's a lot better than it was yes we may not have everything but we have everything that we could have hoped for why because God did a work in us we know where to go even on our worst day we know I got to get to church but there's still some people here in the heart of the bay that don't yet know where to go so we got to see the value in we got to see the value in the harvest people have yet to experience what we experience even on our worst day we know who to call even when we feel like throwing a fit and we come to our reality after no I got to get back to church we know what number to call we know where to show up to when we're done with our season, we're done going through what we're going through, we say, okay, it's time to get serious with God. We know where to go to. No matter how bad it gets, we know what to do. We go and we call out to that leader and call out to our pastors and we come to the house of God. Why? Because we know where to go. But there's still some people in the streets that have not yet experienced what we experienced. Let us never lose the value in them. You never know who you're going to reach. You never know who you're going to reach out to. Come on, they didn't know who they were reaching when they brought you into the house of God. They didn't know. You didn't know. We didn't know. But God knew all the time. He said it was my divine moment to reach that person. Why? Because they weren't going to go through those generational curses like their father did and like their grandfather did. Why? Because they're not going to get a divorce. They're not going to be strung out in drug addiction. They're not going to see the neighborhood and that's it. I got much more for their life. I got a purpose for their life. And somebody reached us where we were at, brought us into church. What? So we can do the same. Jesus seen the value of it. And he said, pray. That the workers would go into the harvest field. So as we see the value of the harvest, and we see the nature of the harvest in this text, and we see the timing that these raiders would come out, they came during a specific time. They only came around. This kind of attack only came around during the time of the harvest. Now we can learn to discern as we go to church different types of attacks. We know when it's self-inflicted. Come on, somebody. I think some of us matured. We, some of us would give the devil too much credit. Devil's a liar around out of gas. No, we try to push it. We didn't put gas in. Come on, somebody. Devil's a liar. My phone got cut off. No, we didn't pay the bill. We tried to get an extension. I said, no, brother, you did that last month. It's not happening again. Devil's not a liar in those cases. Devil's a liar. My, 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 my boss fired me. No, he probably didn't have the best work ethic, and we called in whenever. We can't blame the devil for certain things. 
there was a liar in the home. No, that's just, we made some decisions. Hallelujah. <laughs> but there will be seasons when we know that's the enemy. The enemy usually comes. Look, look at how the Bible says they came in. They said every spring this group would enter. And the Bible says suddenly they saw a band of rain. It came suddenly. It came swift. It came quick. And it came in the season that they were destined to reap everything that they were sowing. It came in the season when it was their time to go out and receive everything that they've been working for. Everything that they've been praying for. Everything that they've been preparing for. Everything that they've been fasting for. Everything that they've been giving towards. Everything that they've been standing firm towards. Everything when it was time to receive that heart. The, the enemy came in swiftly. When it was time for them to get the fruit of their labor. And we got to see that this was the time. So when we look at that context, what does it mean? When it's harvest time, we could expect the enemy. God bless the harvest preaching. But we have to be on guard and know what time that is. We know that if it's harvest time, that means there's a valued season that we're in. And we got to recognize the time. And we got to be on guard that the enemy would not come into our territory. Look at where they would go. They would go where they were. We got to be on guard that the enemy wouldn't come into our household. Into our bedroom. Into our family. Into our ministry. Into our life group, into our gang night, into our midweek, into our church, and take everything that we were meant to be. That means that we had to be acknowledging the season that we're in and not drop our guard. Not lose the posture. Not lose the posture, the dependency on God, on the wisdom of God. Not start flirting with the enemy and start hearing what he has to say. It's usually during harvest time where the devil starts talking the loudest. He starts talking the clearest. He starts coming more and more. That's why some of you say, man, I feel like I can't catch a break. Enemy's been lying to me, and I'm here today, but my mind's somewhere else, and I'm here in body, but I feel so far gone, and I'm just here to be here. Why? Because the enemy knows the season that you're stepping into, and if he can prevent you from receiving the harvest, you will forfeit everything that you've been working for. But I came to call the devil a liar because there's some that have been standing firm, believing in God, waiting on God, and God saying, now's the season for you to get everything. Everything you sold for, don't you dare let the enemy come in and take it. Why? Because it was something that was worked for. We have to recognize the time, recognize the value, and know when the enemy comes in. It's usually when we start giving the enemy room to talk. Usually when the enemy starts coming so persistent. And before it was devil's a liar. Devil's a liar. But all of a sudden, we start hearing it. Then we start taking ear to it. Then we start receiving it. Then we start getting a distorted view. Then we start getting knocked off course. And possibly the devil's not even trying to take you out to church. You know what I've come to realize about the kingdom of God and the, the house of God? Is that the, the enemy doesn't always want you just out to church. He, he's, he's great with the confused Christian. He's great with a blurred, a blurred vision of a Christian. 
He's happy with the confused Christian. He's happy with somebody that's sitting on their hands, forfeiting their harvest. Why? Because not only are they missing out, but they're taking up a seat for somebody that's yet to come in. He's happy with somebody in the church that's sitting there and listening to every lie. And, and pastor comes up and preaches vision and preaches the season we're in and preaches the moment we're in. But we're there so strung in the lies of the enemy that we can't receive anything. And we come in one way and we leave the same way and nothing hits home and nothing hits our heart. Why is the enemy keep us? because he's satisfied with that another season of harvest that we missed out on but I'm here to tell you today don't miss your moments don't miss what you've been waiting for don't miss what you've been sowing for don't miss what God protected you for don't miss what the grace of God covered you for. Don't miss the very reason that God held on to you and shielded you in those moments when you said, I'm done with it. But the grace of God kept you, held you, shielded you. It wasn't good luck. It wasn't because you were good like that. It was the very grace of God that said, devil, don't you touch them. They're still my child. I'm still with them. I'm still protecting them. Why? Because there's a destiny with their name on it. Devil, you can hit them, but you can't kill them. And the grace of God brought you here today. Why? Because God brought me here to tell you, don't you dare believe the lie of the devil. It's a sad day when we forfeit everything we work for. God didn't save us to live just an ordinary life. Just a Sunday morning, check in, check out where we're eating at. I'm here, I tip God. What, what, what else do you want? I'm here. I brought my family. No, there's much more to be done. There's much more to be done in the heart. I know your pastor. I already know he sees three years from now. He sees the future. And he's saying, I just need those that can see the harvest with me. I just need those that can recognize the season. I just need those that can really realize the value that you have on your life and what God destined you to do. Why? Because it's the timing for God. But it was in that season that the enemy would love to come in and steal everything that we worked for. And some here today, you've been discouraged. But what's a shame is you weather too many storms. God's been too faithful in our lives. Some of us have problems today, but our problems today were prayer requests three years ago. Some of us, we say, man, you know what? I think God forgot about me, but that prayer that we said, God, if you get me out of this one, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. What happened? God got us out of that one. When we didn't even have a right mind, God restored our mind. When we couldn't be trusted with anything, God gave us good jobs, gave us a good car, gave us our family back, gave us our dignity back, gave us our joy back, gave us our peace back. We woke up on a Sunday. No matter what we've been going through, we woke up this morning, you got your family in the car, and you brought them to church on a Sunday morning. What does that mean? That God's not finished with you yet. The best is yet to come. This is your moment. I came to silence the voice of the enemy over your life because he's been distracting some parents, some your kids will never come home. They'll never come back to God. I came to call the devil a liar. There's a destiny on their head. There's a purpose in their life. And God's promises are yes and amen. That the glory may go to him. Why is God not done with us yet? Because God gets the glory through us. And everything that God gets us through, it's just a little more glory that goes to God. So don't you dare sit back and think that God's not able to get us through. Or fulfill what he's been called to give us. 
Why? Because he gets the glory in it. And if anybody gives God glory, it's a victory arch type of people. God gets a lot of glory through us. Come on, somebody. God gets a lot of glory through people like you and me. If you only knew, this isn't me right here. I wasn't born a priest. I couldn't be, I couldn't talk in front of a room of five people. But what is it? God gets the glory through a life like mine. And some of you, you wouldn't be sitting next to the people you were sitting next to. People wouldn't like us before. We didn't look this good. We didn't talk that good. We didn't have a hairstyle like this. We didn't put a suit on. We didn't own a suit. We didn't even have a driver's license. Now we got passports with stamps on them from going to different countries in the world. Why? Because God gets the glory through a people like you and I and God will surely see us through in this season that we may receive not just one promise but every promise that God intended us to receive. Why? Because he gets the glory through it. He got the glory in the season. Jesus gets the glory in our season. When we're a people that realize that it takes work to see the harvest come in. It's hard work, but somebody did the hard work for us. Somebody did. Pastor Stelman said it this morning. It's a third wave, but it, it took a second wave. But the second wave came from the work of the first wave. Somebody did the work for us. Somebody died to south for us. Somebody put their desires off for us. Somebody separated their life to the work of the ministry for us. Somebody weathered the storms and showed God's faithfulness in their marriage for us. Somebody kept tithing and fulfilled their pledge for us. Somebody pressed in in prayer and got a hold of God and pressed in till the glory of Lord filled that room for us. Somebody fasted when we were out in the streets and we were answering nobody's call, but they did what they did for us. Somebody went before and did crusades for us. Somebody went out. We're not the first one to grab a bullhorn. We're not the first one to hold up a sign. We're not the first one to sweat in the sun. We're not the first one to labor real hard. Somebody did the work for us. Let us not be the ones that lose the ethic of work for the next generation. If somebody did it for us, my friend, we got to be the ones to do it for the next. But they did it not because of convenience. Because I understand the work of the Lord is not convenient. In fact, it's the opposite. But somebody did it that we may fulfill what we're walking in today. And there's much more to be done. There's much more to be reached. There's much more that I've yet to walk in. There's much more promises to be fulfilled. But it's in these type of seasons that we're able to see not only the timing of God, the value of the harvest and the work ethic, but we're able to see the miracles of God. The key work could come. It's in seasons like this that creative miracles come. You know what's heavy about this portion of scripture? I read there the miracle of this account. In this season, as this group of people were coming to approach, the Bible says that there were some Israelites there bearing a man. And suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they went into a place of not giving the man a proper burial, but because of fear, they threw this man into the tomb of Elisha. And the Bible says something heavy here, because imagine this for a moment, because sometimes we could 
read the Bible and say, ah, it's heavy, but we don't even really process it. This was real life. <laughs> the Bible's not a fairy tale or a fantasy. This, this, this is a true account. The Bible says that they threw a man's body into Elisha's tomb. And when the body touched his bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. A creative miracle. A type of miracle that only happens in an appointed season. When I started researching this miracle and seeing the, the, the work of this miracle, you know what I, what I noticed is it never happened again. In fact, bones weren't used in this account are in this way ever recorded in the Bible again. It was a one-time miracle. Commentators say it was a one-time creative miracle. But you know what I attribute it to? I attribute it to the season that they were in. It's in the seasons of that. It was a proper timing. Nothing happens by chance in the kingdom of God. You know that? It wasn't a coincidence that you hear this morning. Nothing happens by chance. But it was a work of the Lord that was a creative miracle. And this morning as we stand, I believe here in the heart that it's in this kind of season that God's able to work certain miracles in our life. Why? Because the timing that we're in, when we begin to realize the season that we're in, the value that we're in and the moment that we're standing in. I came to tell you somebody this morning, God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. Some have been serving God for years. God's not finished with us yet. There's much more to be done. There's a, there's a DNA in this church, a rich history, a rich legacy. I believe the best is yet to come. And it's through a group like this that sees the season. And I know our leaders see it. They see the value in it. They see the timing in it. But when you get a people of God that realize the timing that they're in, and they step out and do the work to receive the harvest, that not only does the church see the breakthrough, but we see it in our personal life. We see it in our households. We see it through those miracles that we've been believing for. And this morning, I want to pray for the church. That in a season like this, that we're standing in in heart of the bay, a season of harvest, that we would realize the value of our season. That we would realize the opportune time that we're in. That in these kind of seasons, anything can happen. Those are exciting seasons when anything can happen. No matter the miracle, anything could happen in this kind of season for those that see the value in the season that they're in. Why don't you lift your hands right there?